Which Baltimore Ravens players are under the most pressure for the 2023 season? We talk about offense, defense, and so much more. Coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens here, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host here, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and we are here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much for being here today, making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. Are free and available as always, all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. It is free to subscribe, both in audio form and video form. You're not missing anything if you want to listen one day in audio form and then watch another day in video we are five days a week Ravens content. Either way, you want to listen. And today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to you fast to post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we are here at Taco Tuesday episode of Locked on Ravens on July 11th as we continue to just churn along and grind out that little period of the offseason, as I call it, training camp so close, just a couple of weeks away. We're almost there. We've almost done it. Stay strong. Football is almost back. But we still talk football here on Locked On Ravens. Even in this lull period, we are a full year-round show on Locked On Ravens. So five days a week, Monday through Friday, every single weekday, Ravens news analysis updates. We have it here for you. So tell a friend, tell a family member if they like the Ravens, or maybe if they want the opposing perspective, we have them covered here with the best daily Ravens coverage. But we have a lot to dive into today because with the season approaching, I wanted to get into players who are under the most pressure for this season for Baltimore because I think it's a big year for a lot of people. And especially when you're talking about some of the new additions, some players looking to prove themselves. And I think pressure is different for a different player. Like one player's pressure might be different than another player. So I want to talk about, we'll talk offensive players in the first segment, defensive players in the second segment, and then we'll move away from the pressure conversation in the final part of the show and look at some AFC North power rankings. We'll do, you know, team by team, but I want to more so look at a couple of positions and a couple of areas on the team. So we're not going to do every single one, but I want to look at the main ones, quarterback, running back, and some of those. So let's dive into it here. Let's look at players under pressure on offense first for the Ravens. We'll just go position by position here. You know, it's an easy way to do it, so why not? Start with quarterback. This is a pretty high-pressure year for Lamar Jackson. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying, like, oh, the players are going to be feeling the pressure and, you know, they're, they're going to be impacted by it. A lot of these players are going to be calm, cool, and collected. Lamar Jackson is definitely one of those. But in terms of why it is a pressure year for him, I think the health conversation is one factor where we know Lamar Jackson has suffered his two season-ending injuries on throwing plays while throwing the football, running away from pressure. But the reality is he has missed the back half of the season these past two years. Some people have already started to label Lamar as injury-prone. I don't think that's fair off of two years of injury. Like, I, you know, people are like, oh, well, the play style is finally catching up to him. And I'm like, oh, it's funny you didn't watch how I got injured. <laughs> like, I, I'm not putting the injury like prone label on him right now. But for a lot of people, if a third straight year of a season ending injury happens, that conversation will become a lot louder than it is right now. And even on top of the injury conversation, which again, I, I don't think is fair right now, but again, it's going to start to creep up. 
th- this is a high pressure performance year for Lamar to prove that, you know, one, he's worth that contract. And a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, they paid him all that money. You know, why'd they pay him all that money? Well, he, I think personally, he deserved it based off of everything he's done. There is some pressure for Lamar this year, a hundred percent, especially with the accolades he's achieved and some of the greatness we've seen from him. Is he that player or was that just a flash in the pan? It, obviously he's had continued sustained success. And my, my opinion on that is it is not a flash in the pan. But some people still are not believers. So big pressure year for Lamar Jackson. Also, I'd say Tyler Huntley is under some pressure this year. I think that's more immediate pressure, training camp pressure, preseason pressure. If he does not perform or doesn't have a strong preseason and training camp, Tyler Huntley could be on the move, as as we talked about, if if Anthony Brown proves or Josh Johnson proves that they can be the backup and that Lamar, Anthony Brown, Josh Johnson trio. Tyler Huntley has starting experience, but the results have not been necessarily great. For him, it's been more of the defense. Huntley's performance, uh, the deep ball accuracy is not necessarily there. So for me, Huntley's a guy that I think is definitely under a lot of pressure. Running back-wise, J.K. Dobbins, big, big pressure year for J.K. Dobbins this year, obviously for health reasons. We know what J.K. Dobbins is when he's on the field healthy. One of the best running backs in the league and somebody that I personally think, you know, could earn a big money contract. But with the presumed holding he's at right now, he obviously believes he is worth more than the Ravens are, I guess, offering him at this point. He's someone who has to stay healthy, though, because for a guy that obviously underwent the surgeries, had to have the cleanup procedure last year, it's been unfortunate to see that the last couple of years unfold for him after such a promising rookie season. And now all of a sudden we're in year four of J.K. Dobbins, which is honestly kind of hard to believe for me. So Dobbins is someone who I definitely identify as a high-pressure guy, This one might be interesting. Patrick Ricard to me, I know a lot of people have had the conversation about Ricard. What's his role going to be? But it seems like Ben Mason's like slowly creeping up. And I'm not saying like, oh, Ben Mason's going to take Patrick Ricard's job. But like, what if he does? Like, what what if it happens that way? Ricard is a a great player. But if the Ravens want to go more receiver, like they want to have more of a receiver out of the backfield in that. Ben Mason apparently had a pretty good couple of weeks of workouts and OTAs and mini camps receiving the football, catching, catching footballs. And if they feel like he's a better fit, what happens with Patrick Ricard? So I think Ricard, not that he has to prove himself. He's already proven himself as one of the best fullbacks in the league. And I really like him and I, I hope the Ravens do keep him, but it just depends on what is fit for this team. Wide receiver. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure for a lot of guys. Odell and Rashad Bateman, tons of pressure. I'd say for, for the same and also different reasons. I mean, both those guys, can they stay available? Can they stay on the field? But for Odell, it's more of who is he right now? I think Odell is one of the players who has the highest pressure, like if we're doing pressure rating, one of the highest pressure ratings on the Ravens right now, because a lot of people are doubting his ability, especially after having a couple of major injuries to be the player that he was maybe in New York or, you know, not that his Cleveland tenure went great, but I think a lot of people attribute that more to Baker Mayfield than Odell at this point. So who is Odell on the field? You know, what can he be? Like Rashad Bateman is another guy under pressure, but we see that we see the potential, we see the flashes there. But for Odell, who was, you know, the star of the league at wide receiver for multiple seasons in New York, obviously I don't think the Ravens are getting that version. I've said that multiple times. But is he a guy that can be a wide receiver, like high-end wide receiver two, low and wide receiver one? Or is he more of a wide receiver three that the Ravens are paying 15 million guaranteed to? So can, one, can he stay on the field and stay healthy? But two, can he be a, that, you know, quality, quality wide receiver that they signed him to be 
instead of maybe just a, a rotation guy. We'll see. But the Odell has is a high pressure guy this year. And then Rashad Bateman again. This is more of you know two injuries for him in two seasons after not really being injured in college. He's he has a lot of pressure to stay healthy this year. And again, three straight years of injury like that would start those conversations about is he just an injury-prone player? Can he not stay healthy at the NFL level? And that would be really unfortunate. But to me, those two guys under a lot of pressure this year for sure. Then you look to the tight end position. Mark Andrews, no pressure whatsoever. I don't think there's pressure for Isaiah Likely this year. I think even if he doesn't have a great year this year, like it's okay. And partially that is because Andrews is just that good. And he's the young guys have room to make mistakes and everything. So tight end position is not super high pressure to me. Offensive line wise. I don't think there's a ton of pressure there either. I guess whoever wins the starting left guard job, there's a lot of pressure. And then that competition is going to be a high pressure. Tyra Linderbaum is pretty interesting. I, I mean, I guess there's high pressure for him to continue to ascend in year two. Not that again, if he has a terrible year, he's the, like if he has a bad year this year and you know regresses from what he was in year one, I'm not you know that's not a reason to give up on him and say oh well he's terrible and, and that's that. But there is I think a sense of he, I think there's already such a sense of he's going to be so much better than he was last year that I guess there's a little pressure in that regard and a lot of people myself included have confidence in him. But I guess when you're talking about you know oh there's a lot of pressure on a guy to be a lot better and people are already assuming that that's going to happen like something that i've seen people say is oh well lamar's already assumed to be so much better on a todd munkin offense and you know he's going to be a top two quarterback in the league that's what adds to pressure where you know people are already talking about oh lamar's going to be so great so great so great and i've, I've, I've talked about it a little bit i'm not gonna lie but that also i think adds pressure to as I've called it, the pressure rating. So lots of players on offense with that, but we're not done talking about pressures. We're going to talk about the defense and even throw a bit of coaching numbers in there as well, which coaches are under the most pressure. So be sure to stay tuned for our second segment here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And Bird Dogs make you look good. And they have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer. I'm, I'm all for the khaki look, by the way, as you've probably heard if you listened to me before here. Khaki Kev is my one of my nicknames, so I love the khakis. But Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made from that stiff, restricting cotton. You know, I like to have the freedom of movement when I wear shorts, and Bird Dog does a great job. They fixed the issue of that stiffness by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. You shouldn't have to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs does a great job with that. And Bird Dogs uses that distinct sweat technology and wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash LockdownNFL now or enter promo code LockdownNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. And that tumbler, it, it looks sweet. You got to get in on that deal. That's birddogs.com slash LockdownNFL or promo code LockdownNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens Tuesday-style. Kevin Ostriker still here with you. Thank you so much for being with me here today on Locked On Ravens and, and for all the support here on this show i'm excited for the season to start obviously as we you know we don't ramp up content we do five days a week but you know it's been it's been a while without football so whether you're an everyday or here and you know you listen to me every day throughout this little period of the offseason i appreciate you if you're new to the channel welcome in i hope you're enjoying the content if you want to be able to drop drop a little subscribe you can hit the notification bell on youtube as well audio form if you're listening in audio form thank you for tuning in there as well 
And if you're somewhere in between, thank you for tuning in also. Let's talk pressure, though. We talked offensive pressure, guys, in that first segment. But let's move on to the defense. And at the end, we will get a couple of coaches in there as well. Let's start off interior, interior defensive line for the Ravens. This is a big year for a lot of guys on that line, especially because Clayus Campbell is now out of the picture. Justin Matabike, Baratik, Washington are two players that, you know, are expected to take big leaps. Even Travis Jones expected to take big leaps this year. For guys like Michael Pierce and Brent Urban, you know, they're veterans. I'm not attributing pressure as much to those guys right now. I mean, I guess for Pierce, can he stay healthy? But for Washington, Matabike, and Jones, there's a huge void to fill. And and how are the Ravens going to fill it? You know, who's going to step up to the plate? Out of those three guys, hopefully at least one of them is. <laughs> hopefully all three of them do. But Matabike and Washington have shown flashes. Travis Jones didn't get a ton of run last year, but did show flashes. So which of those players is going to, one, get the snaps? And two, who's going to make the most of their opportunities there? The Ravens need a big year from at least, I mean, hopefully more than, but at least one of those guys, especially, you know, for Matabike and Washington, you know, I should have mentioned this with J.K. Dobbins, but those are guys going into contract years this year. So if they don't have a big year, it could mess up their market. Teams might not be willing to pay them as much as maybe they want to be paid. So contract year, guys, I think it adds another layer of, of the pressure element. So for Dobbins and also Matabike in Washington, it's, it's a it's a big time for those guys, especially now when they have the opportunity. You know, it's not like Clay's Campbell's there. And, you know, are they going to get a lot of snaps? There's that question. They are going to get snaps this year because they're going to need guys to step up and play snaps and be able to fill in. So Matabike in Washington and Jones as well. Jones to a lesser extent, like Jones still has time. But for Matabike in Washington, it's almost like an audition, right? Do the Ravens want to keep you around? Do they not? A lot of that has to do with how you perform on a consistent basis with more consistent snaps. And that's what those guys are going to be getting this year. Let's talk about, let's talk outside linebacker next edge guys. I think there might not be a player under more pressure this year than Adafi Owe for the Ravens. Honestly, this is a massive year for him. Now, is it a make or break year for him? It might be the closest you can get without it being one. Like it honestly might be because if you don't get a good year out of Adafi Owe this year for the Ravens, you probably have to make some sort of move and it might have to be a big one in the edge department to be able to, I guess you're probably not going to have enough trust in him to say, Oh, well, we're going to give you another year after again, regression, or we, we saw the flashes, the potential OA five sacks his rookie season, only two his sophomore season. The sacks don't tell the whole picture. Obviously I think OA had a much better end to the year than he did start of the year last year. But if OA doesn't have a good year this year, there's just, you know, what can you do? The fifth year option probably gets declined. That's another element here. We fifth year blues we talked about last week where, you know, you, you got to inspire the Ravens to, to give you a big deal. And at least, you know, the fifth year option getting picked up is the first step in that direction. So for me at Afe Owe, especially where he's now going to look the time of this recording, the Ravens haven't signed Justin Houston. They haven't signed Yannick Ngakwe or Jadavian Clowney or veteran option. So Owe is the number one guy in that room right now. And it's a huge year for him. David Ajabo, it's pressure in terms of, well, he's the second option in that room right now. And I don't want to disrespect Tyus Bowser. Tyus Bowser to me is somebody that, you know, is a proven veteran, is very versatile, can play a coverage role for them. And I don't want to disrespect him by saying he's the third guy in that room. But if if all goes well for them, he will be. And, and he's the the best third outside linebacker you can have. But for Ajabo, there are high expectations for him to be the second guy in that room. 
and, you know, build off of his one tackle, which was the strip sack on Joe Burrow last year. That room, it's still a concern for me. I, I'm putting faith in those guys. I hope they're going to be able to make a huge impact in their third. And, well, for Ajabo, it's his second year technically, but still his first full season in the NFL. So I guess Ajabo's rookie year. We'll see, though. Owe has a, a lot of pressure on him this year to perform, and Ajabo has some as well. Inside linebacker-wise, Patrick Queen does have some pressure on him this year to perform a contract year. Obviously, fifth-year option declined. So for me, this is, well, if he has a great year in 2023, he's he's balling out, he's going to get a new contract, and whether that is from the Ravens or not, I wouldn't anticipate it being from the Ravens right now. Maybe that changes. But he's under a lot of pressure because this could define, this could be tens of millions of dollars for him where a team could look at his year and say, well, we know that guy can be our number one inside linebacker because the Ravens have Roquan Smith right now. They gave him that huge deal. So at this point, I, I mean – queen is somebody that you know can the ravens pay big money to two inside linebackers maybe they can i wouldn't bet on it but maybe they can but if queen doesn't have a good year then a team might be a little more worried to give him a huge contract and maybe he comes back to the ravens on a cheaper deal right maybe that happens but if he has a great year i think he priced himself out of baltimore helps the ravens in a big way on the field this year but then you know gets the big contract that he would deserve in that case Corner-wise, there's a lot of pressure on these young guys, right? We've talked about it. Jalen Armour Davis, Pepe Williams, Darius Washington, Kai Blue Kelly to a lesser extent. But I'd say there's a, there's a decent amount of pressure on Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams. And is it, look, I, we don't know who's going to be on the roster come week one. You know, we're still in July at the time of this recording. So I, I don't know whether it's, you know, they'll bring in an Anthony Avert or they'll sign a veteran slot guy. But for now... They're probably going to be relying on Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams in a big way. And if one or both of those guys don't step up, there's going to be the Ravens are going to be in a bit of trouble. So there's pressure on the Ravens for right now, not bringing in somebody else, but also there's pressure on those young guys. And I just, I don't think they're fully ready yet, but they might have to be. They have to grow up quickly. So we'll see. Then safety wise, I guess there's a little pressure on Kyle. It's the same thing as Linderbaum, right? So many people are expecting Hamilton to be so much better than he was in year one, especially after the end of the year he had. Hamilton was great. So to me, I think it's just the, oh, people are already expecting him to be so good. And in a new role for Hamilton, there's going to be pressure on him to perform, especially with Chuck Clark now gone. He's going to have a bit more opportunity to play in a role that he didn't maybe play as much last year. And then coaches, less, you know, because special teams, I don't think there's any. Well, Jordan Stout, okay. Jordan Stout, special teams-wise, I'd say there is a little pressure on him this year. Had a very up and down, like a very meh rookie season. So th- there will be pr- some pressure on him to perform this year. And then coaching, John Harbaugh, this is a huge pressure year for John Harbaugh. You know, that they get rid of two coordinators in two years. Don Martindale last year, Greg Roman this past off season. I mean, again, as I've said, it, unless you want to get rid of the special teams guy, if there's under, an underperformance this year, what when is the time to maybe say there's a change needed? And I still think John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL. There'd be a team, there'd be 10 teams lining up out the door immediately if the Ravens were to get rid of them. But sometimes things just grow stale. You know, nobody is excused from blame, from criticism. And so look, if there's another underperformance year from John Harbaugh on this Ravens team, especially because there is so much pressure on the Ravens this year, especially in the loaded AFC, this can't just be a wild card exit again. This can't just be a divisional exit again. There has to be growth. And if there isn't that, the question is, you know, when would it be time? There's a lot of pressure under John Harbaugh, on John Harbaugh this year. 
Todd Munkin as well, you know, not to the to that extent, but it's his first year. How's the offense going to look? Right, there's a lot of pressure there, and then Mike McDonald, right, year two, a lot of pressure situations for guys this year. But this is a team that I think will respond well. Hopefully, I mean they have to. <laughs> I'm hopeful they can. So we'll see how it pans out for them. Coming up in the final part of this show, though, we'll be diving into some AFC North power rankings, looking at a team ranking list, but also positions with each of those teams: quarterback, running back, and more. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll have to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn's helped me a ton throughout my life. And that you can have a ton of great experiences that relate back to LinkedIn and what they can do to help you find a job and even help you find team members. And it's really easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. All you have to do is put the job in and then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools you can use like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who would like to interview and who you would like to hire. And it's really important to start the year strong and the right team member can help you do that. It's why small businesses are right landing jobs number one instead of in quality hires versus leading competitors. Lending jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to fast about your job free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. Post your job before your terms and conditions apply. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with you on this fine Tuesday. And thank you again for being here, making us your first listen each and every day on Locked On Ravens. We hit a thousand episodes uh, about a month ago, a little over a month ago on this show. I've been doing this since 2019. And I think this is a big year for Baltimore to hopefully replicate some of that 2019 success because this is a team that I think is super well-balanced this year. Now, look, the 2019 Ravens are gone. Right There's no bringing them back. 2019 Lamar is gone. But 2023 Lamar, as we talked about on yesterday's show, could be set enough to win a second NFL MVP. So if you want to check out how and why that could happen, be sure to check out yesterday's show. But let's talk AFC North now. You know, we've talked a lot this offseason about the North, how good it's going to be. I think it's going to be really good. They could potentially have three playoff teams in that division, maybe four, but the AFC is just, it's, it's so loaded this year, but I wanted to do some, a sort of like a power ranking type deal for the AFC North. And obviously that involves, you know, team ranking, you know, one through four there, but also positionally. So look, let's just get, let's just talk quarterback right off the bat here. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, Deshaun Watson. I think, you know, when you talk about one, two, obviously Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, it's, it's those two to me, you know, there's an argument to put, each guy over the other for Lamar, you know, he hasn't been on the field for Joe Burrow, you know, the consistency, like the Ravens last year, when the Ravens played Joe Burrow fully healthy. And when they played their guys, Joe Burrow looked mortal and Joe Burrow was really good last year. He was really, really good. And Lamar Jackson was really, you know, MVP level to start the year, but then kind of fell off. It is so close between those two. I mean, I, I probably still, it, I probably still give it to Lamar by literally a hair and it, it could flip either way, but this is the last, like, again, if Joe Burrow has another good year and Lamar doesn't have the year we're expecting Joe Burrow takes that, you know, and you can argue that the Joe Burrow playoff success compared to Lamar's playoff success, that there are a lot of arguments for both players, but I just think that Lamar there is more total upside there, but Joe Burrow still, you know, both these guys are some of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I, I look, I do not blame you if you put Joe Burrow above Lamar, right now based off of the past two years and how that has gone. 
but you know, I'll maybe I'll get flat for it. I don't know. I'll I'll still say Lamar by a literal hair is above Joe Burrow. Then Deshaun Watson at three, and then Kenny Pickett at four. Running back wise, this is a loaded running back division. You know, I'll, I'll say I'll put out J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens' sake, then Najee Harris for Pittsburgh, and Nick Chubb for Cleveland, and Joe Mixon for the Bengals. I think Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league. He'll be he'll be my number one guy between Mixon, Harris, and Dobbins. It's just it's so weird because I want to put Dobbins at two, but then the health and Joe Mixon. Somebody it's weird. Joe Mixon hasn't had like the most pristine injury and obviously record in terms of multiple things, honestly, but I'll put, I'll put Mixon at two Harris at three Dobbins at four. That hurts me a lot. But the only reason the literal only reason Dobbins is at four is because of health. If he was, if this was a no conversation about health, I'd put Dobbins probably at two, maybe three. But the only reason I'm putting Dobbins at four right now is because of the health. Harris, there have been some inconsistencies. There's a lot of potential, but I just think Mixon is the more proven player right now. And, you know, hopefully Dobbins has a great year and I can put him at two and that'll be that. But health-wise, I I just, I want to see him play a a full 17-game season, not outside of his rookie year. So that's where I am on that. That, That's my viewpoint in in that regard. Let's talk wide receiver rooms though, right? This, This is a conversation we had had between the four teams here. Cincinnati's number one, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins. But then, you know, what do you, it's between, you know, honestly to me, Pittsburgh is four, which is kind of crazy between George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, but Allen Robinson is their third guy. And to me, he is the worst wide receiver three. Like you can argue about Deontay Johnson, you know, a lot of drop issues. George Pickens is going to be the wide receiver one on that team this year. That might be a bold prediction, but he's going to be so good for him. But Pittsburgh to me is four. So then it comes to Cleveland in Baltimore. Odell, Rashad Bateman, and Zay Flowers is the top three versus Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'll put Baltimore at two. I'll put Baltimore at two. I just think there's more potential and more ability in that room. I just think, again, for Peoples-Jones, I loved him coming out of Michigan. I, I wanted the Ravens to take him in like the third round. He's come on really strong. But – I think that for the Ravens, who is Elijah Moore, right? You know, why wasn't he getting playing time with the Jets? Why Why were they so willing to move up? There were a lot of weird things going on, on off the field with him. But to me, I think that, yeah, Baltimore 2, Cleveland 3. So Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. And then let's, let's go defenses. Let, let's just for fun put defenses out there. I think Baltimore has the best defense in the division. That is that is a bold prediction, I know. P- Pittsburgh is incredible. They have an incredible defense. I don't want to discredit what they're doing. They're number two, 100% to me. But I, my bold prediction is Baltimore's defense, the way they finished the year last year, you, you cannot discredit TJ Watt and, and Cam Hayward and Mink Fitzpatrick and all those guys, right? But I don't know. I, I, I'm i putting my trust in Roquan Smith and Marlon Humphrey and, and, and Marcus Williams and all those guys and Mike McDonald to have a great year this year. And then between Cincinnati and Cleveland, I'm going to put Cleveland at three. I, I think Cleveland had a great offseason defensively with Juan Thornhill, Dalvin Tomlinson. They added some pieces there. My, obviously, Miles Garrett as well. They added Zedarius Smith. I'll put Cleveland at three and then Cincinnati at four. They, they lost Jesse Bates. They're, they're getting Jadobia Wuzier back and, and a couple of other guys, but I, I think that'll that's what I'll do there. And then coaching-wise, coaches – this one's tough because, you know, between Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, you can't go wrong. I'll put I'll put Tomlin at one by a hair, John Harbaugh at two, 
and then Zach Taylor three and Kevin Stefanski four. So that'll be my, my four there. And then division wise, I I've said this before team wise, I'm going to put Cincinnati one, you know, you, you got to respect they've won the division twice in twice in two years here. So it's their division to lose Baltimore's at two to me, Pittsburgh is at three and then Cleveland is at four. So I'm excited to see the division this year. Couple of huge games early on. In fact, every single AFC North road game for the Ravens in the first five weeks. So they got to start strong for sure. But that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, of course, more Ravens content coming here. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.